It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. What is going on, Boat Sports fam? It's your favorite history teacher, Mr. Parker Ainsworth, here with another edition of FN Sports Podcast, where we teach great sports, biggest issues, and today... We have a long, long list of gold stars and detentions to hand out. So that's what we're doing today is this episode full of gold stars and detentions. So without further ado, let's dive on in. First gold star is going to go to the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, which is normally fairly risque. And I guess this time did still have swimsuits on the cover, but they decided to go with WNBA stars on the cover, showing off the things the body can do. Kind of a lot like the ESPN body issue but in sports illustrated swimsuit form really really worked out well great way to highlight some wnba all-stars right at the start of the wnba season and it's a different way to look at the way that the sports illustrated swimsuit cover has typically displayed the body this is showing your bodies and all the things that they can do and like the optimum athlete body and like super strong women super powerful women and super athletic women it's a really really powerful move by sports illustrated and it made for, frankly, a very different vibe surrounding the swimsuit issue Gold Star 2SI. Detention from the weekend goes to the WNBA app. I have WNBA League Pass. It's relatively affordable. You ought to, too. It's a fun way to keep up with the league. But I will say the WNBA League Pass app is atrocious. I feel like NBA has good people, and NBA being the parent company of sorts here, has good people behind all of their technology and technological issues. I don't understand why the WNBA app and WNBA League Pass have so much trouble streaming 
the games. They're from the same arenas in many cases that the NBA games are happening in. It's, again, the same parent companies. It's the same streaming platforms, and it's the same all the way around. And not that the NBA League Pass app is great, but it's certainly much better than the WNBA League Pass. And so we're going to give a bit of detention there. WNBA League Pass has some stuff to figure out. And I'm, again, really setting the blame to more of the parent company. But I digress. That stuff's got to get fixed. Speaking of WNBA League Pass, if you're trying to watch WNBA games, make sure you go watch the Atlanta Dream and rookie, I'm going to go ahead and guess, rookie of the year, Ryan Howard. Uh, Ryan Howard, I have to point out, is the fastest WNBA player to 80 points in a long long time she is absolutely killing it she also had 33 points in a dream win on sunday but she's a very versatile player it's a fun watch she's a great shooter she can pop out on screens and stuff like that she's going to catch and shoot but what i think it really makes her stick out is actually she downhill attacks and gets to like the nail and that mid lane area she can hop out with a step back and hit the mid-range from the outside of the wing area, you know, the 18-footer. She can attack the cup from that nail. She can pull up right there on the dribble. She really has a lot of different options, and the Dreamer doing a great job of getting her to that spot. So shout-out to Ryan Howard, gold star, to the early favorites for Rookie of the Year. Speaking of players that can get to the nail and do a bunch of different things that they want to do, we're going to talk about James Harden getting a detention for doing not that. So I'm obviously a big advocate for James Harden. You listen to the show for a while. I defend him, frankly, tooth and nail when I might not should do that. But I will say that the tension this time around is not for scoring 11 points or whatever it was in a closeout game because that's not actually the part that upsets me. I've seen Kobe Bryant come up short as far as his point totals go in closeout games. I've seen Michael Jordan not score a lot of points in a handful of closeout games. Not a very lot, but a handful. I've seen key all-time players, Tim Duncan's or Kevin Garnett's or all kinds of Shaq, all kinds of all-time great players. The deal here to me was the two shots in the second half. I understand it looks like he never had the burst. Even the game of that series, he had 30 points, and he didn't quite get them by bursting to the basket. It was much more the pull-up three, off the dribble, step-back three kind of stuff. He's not quite the same bursty athlete in the 2022 playoffs he's been in the past, and whether that's lingering year later, less than a year later on the hamstring injury, and that could be a potential 12-month heal on a grade two, or if it's he's just an older person now and his body's not going to heal up, it's just not going to be the same, whatever the case may be, I get how it didn't look great and the, the shots were not going to fall and he's got to you know, resort to being the jump shooter guy now. I'm giving the detention here because, unlike Ryan Howard, who just gave a gold star to, the attack was not there. The two field goals in the second half are much more alarming as a James Harden guy than anything else. Not to say that it's never happened before to him, but the idea that he stopped shooting, I think, is way more problematic than the fact that he didn't make shots. Guys aren't going to miss shots. That's the regression to the mean, and even Steph Curry misses 6 out of 10 threes. But at the end of the day, you need to be taking those shots to give yourself a chance, to give your team a chance. And while he turned himself into a facilitator, and I'd argue that he actually is very good at that as well, and I would also argue that we all asked him to do that for a long time, or we all being media that was critical of him. I kind of liked what he was doing, but people are asking that of him for a long time. I get why he went to that when he was not ha seeing his shots fall, but he also has to continue to make himself a threat, or all of a sudden he's just a decoy out there. And that's what happened in that game in a lot of ways. Um, obviously, Maxi was not the same Max from the first round, and Danny Green going down with the ACL tear. Shouts to Danny Green. Hope that gets better soon. I think that's a 9-12 to 12 month or itself, so hoping for 9, not 12. Uh, all of that threw off the game as well, but Harden not attacking or 
being unable to attack or whatever, and thus not shooting really, really throw off what the Sixers are doing. In sticking with the Sixers' exodus from the playoffs, we're going to give a uh, gold star to Joel Embiid, not just for his play, but for his commentary. Earlier in the week, I guess before the Sixers were actually eliminated, but once they started playing poorly and it looked like Embiid was not quite himself, the quote he said in a post-game press conference after being asked for the MVP award was, but to me, the only thing I'll say about the awards is that I don't know how to explain it. I go back on what I heard on a podcast. Bill Simmons basically saying it's not like he had a grudging at somebody saying F Jalen Green. If you're going to allow these type of people to vote on these awards, that's not fair. What if Jalen Green was in a position to earn a Supermax or, I don't know, an all-star appearance? you got someone signing like that has a lot of power. He can sway a lot of other media members. And you got someone saying that type of stuff. I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's okay. Now, I give this a gold star because I, A, obviously love that Joel Embiid is standing up for my guy, Jalen Green. But, B, have to say we have echoed that sentiment on this show. If you go back in the catalog, Ryan and I talked about how Bill Simmons has reached this point where he is not quite your normal fanalist. He's got a lot more power than your normal fanalist. And he also still carries his, his self as a fanalist. He still sees everything from the Boston only lens. And he frankly isn't the same columnist and guy he was in the early aughts and things like that, right? He's not watching all 82 times all 30 teams anymore. That's just not feasible with all the responsibilities he has to do at the ringer. And that's fair. But then to be this credentialed media voter that then has these kinds of opinions without watching the games. I mean, I'm just going to say it. How many games of the Houston Rockets or of the New Orleans Pelicans or of the Philadelphia How many games did he really watch of any of these teams this season? He just doesn't have the time that he used to have. He doesn't have the same kind of responsibilities either, but he's getting the same kind of credentialed media access and, frankly, power that he had when he built up that resume. And so I, I appreciate Joel Embiid citing that because, again, these are the guys whose pocketbooks those votes are hurting, right? You think, oh, it was just a postseason award. You played one of the games. But this is also because the way the Supermax contracts worked, you're eligible for different levels of max contract once you've earned different accolades. Those accolades get voted on by writers. Thus, if you are Joel Embiid and you don't ever win the MVP, your Supermax will not be the same as two-time MVP Nikola Jokic's, right? Like, the ceiling on your Supermax is higher the more acumen you get. And... If the media is just going to have these personal grudges or these flippant remarks and sway a lot of people, that's going to affect your bottom line and dollar. So shout out to Joel Embiid for that. I think Joel Embiid's like the third person we've given a gold star to for this kind of an idea. So uh, if you want an easy gold star, just go for it. Shout out something about Bill Simmons saying F. Jalen Green and saying oh, it's a bad thing. Kind of in the same vein, we're going to give a detention to clutch points from the later in the week Joel Embiid press conference when they threw the quote out, and this is, I guess, word for word is the quote, but the quote was from Joel Embiid, obviously since we got him, everybody expected the Houston James Harden, but that's not who he is anymore, he's more of a playmaker, and they spun this with this emoji at the end and things like that to make it out to be this very like detrimental internal strife issue within Joel Embiid, the 76ers, etc., because that's fun, and I, I get, I guess, why they're doing it. But man, if I'm listening to the audio that goes with that quote and hearing the before and after when Joel Embiid talks about like his body wearing down and you know the the tone of Joel Embiid as he's going through it, this is not this like I don't like my teammate Joel Embiid. Like you might have had at a point last year when the Sixers got bounced and they were talking about Ben Simmons. 
This is a, we are exhausted, I am gassed, I feel bad for that guy, that guy's my team, that the tone is different in that, and I think that that's hard to get across in that quote, and it's really hard to get across when you're throwing emoji at the end to say the opposite. And I think that's why Clutch Points gets this detention, is because they're going for the chance to go viral with the quote and emoji, assuming most of us scroll Twitter with the sound turned off, right? And that's not really fair, because A, that's probably the way most of us do scroll Twitter, and we don't click on the videos and those kind of things, but B, it isn't fair because that's not the actual sentiment he's got. The sentiment he's got also could have gone viral. And I think that's why it's a detention, right? The sentiment he's got is, this is a sad moment. This is not a, I got screwed moment. This is a sad moment because this guy is a strong teammate and he's just not able to be himself for whatever reason, health, age, etc., combination of all of it, anymore. And I think that is, frankly, a more powerful notion that a year ago you had Joel Embiid dissing his teammate for passing out of a dunk at the end of this playoff run. And then this year, you've got him emotionally tied to this guy he's played with for like three months, right? And I think that is, frankly, more powerful, more meaningful, and way the quote ought to be read. But when we throw emojis like that at the end, it's not the way it's going to get read. So detention to clutch points for trying to skew this to go viral when it was already a, frankly, strong emotion. Sticking with post-game press conferences, we're going to give a detention to Doc Rivers from, yes, the same night. Now, it's fun to have you give out all these Gold Star engines and so on with the Sixers series, but at the end of the day, we're going to give this detention to Doc Rivers because of the way he handled it afterwards. Now, obviously, it's understandable that a coach is frustrated, and obviously, it's understandable that he's going to say something relatively flippant because he's frustrated, and frankly, he's been getting dogged a lot as the series has played on. People were insinuating he was already out the door to L.A., and we'll see if that ends up happening or not. I guess I also like the Darvin Ham guy they're looking at, former Texas Tech Red Raider, but now he's on the staff in Milwaukee. Anyway, the Doc Rivers thing is interesting because there's lots of understandable reasons he's frustrated. But his flippant responses didn't say the right things. This isn't about the emotion. I get being pissed. This is about the things that he said. And the things that he said were things like, if you think I did a bad job, then write it. Well, that's, that's a writer, dude. That That's what he's going to do. He's asking you questions to see if you're going to change his mind. And then he says, I did a great job. Well, sir, no, no, no you didn't. I, you, you said you did a great job, but your job is to win basketball games, and you didn't, right? Like, at the end of the day, as a coach, no matter how faux humble or whatever, and maybe this is me as a teacher and coach that sits here and puts the pressure and onus on the coach and individual players like make up some aspect of the team but I put a lot more of that I like I typically side with players and against coaches and maybe that's because I'm a coach and I think that coach ought to bear the responsibility but as I look at Doc Rivers him saying that I did a great job after losing abysmally in game six is not in fact a good job right it's not a good job to have had no game plan adjustment between games one and two without Joel Embiid Right, your big game plan adjustment between games two and three was you got JoJo back. Right, that's not a adjustment of any kind. Like that's that's not acceptable at, as a coach to have no other answer besides, hey, our guy got healthy, so now he's back. Right, and he's not even really healthy. He's playing with a fractured face, but he's back. That's not an acceptable response here. And frankly, that's the common criticism of all of the years that Doc has had a bad year coaching. Now. He obviously won the title in 2008. We can talk about the triumvirate of talent coming together in Boston for him and so on. But outside of that, he's won multiple 3-1 leads because he fails to adjust in the middle of the series. He also got asked to leave the LA Clippers because of kind of the same kind of sentiments in the, in the West Conference playoffs. And I feel like this attitude is like, 
trying to be defensive because he knows there's something that he needs to try and defend because he knows we're starting to see that, oh, the one-off was not any of the three ones. The one-off was not any of those comebacks that you gave up. The one-off was the 08. That was the year that was different here. And it's interesting to see how that is playing out in real time. But the other part of this that I think I have a problem with about Doc's comments are that he mentions that there was no expectations coming in. Now, he obviously said this right after I wrote this article about the Kawhi Leonard shot, but what he's saying is demonstrably false. The year before he came in, they were a multiple bounce shot away from getting to an overtime game against the eventual champion Toronto Raptors. They were on the cusp. They were competing as close with as anyone had all postseason with the eventual NBA champions. Frankly, that series is more competitive than the Eastern Conference Finals or the NBA Finals for the eventual champion Toronto Raptors and Kawhi Leonard and all that, right? That series came down to a literal multi-bounce three, two-point jump shot, foot just inside the three-point line, and that buzzer beater took Toronto into the Eastern Conference Finals and then into the NBA Finals in a way that kind of raised expectations before Doc got there. Doc was supposed to show up with his championship pedigree and take them to the promised land. He showed up with his championship pedigree and regressed. Obviously, lose Jimmy Butler, and you got to find ways to respond from that. But the locker room, the dynamic, completely fell apart with Doc there on Doc's watch while they had just been within bounces. Had that shot bounced out and Philly wins in overtime, what's to say that they don't have a championship that year? Yes, Giannis and the Bucks, who the Toronto Raptors played in the Eastern Conference Finals, where he was coming off an MVP season and they had the best record, da, 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 and all those kinds of things. But you look at that team that's also a 24-year-old Giannis. We'd see another somewhat playoff tile collapse from him at his 25-year-old season. You wonder, like, huh, could a team with a Jimmy Butler and a Joel Embiid and a Ben Simmons and all the guys that could defend Giannis have put him in the same kind of bind at that moment? I, I feel like that's fair. I've also got my thing to Coach Bud. And frankly, I talked in last NBA playoffs, the 2021 playoffs, but how? That was a breaking of the norm for Coach Bud in a lot of ways because he did make a handful of slight adjustments. But it's worth mentioning that that Sixers team probably also beats that Bucks team. And then had the rest of history played out the same way on the Western Conference side, they could play the Warriors in the East in the NBA Finals. I'm sorry, playing the Warriors in the NBA Finals without Durant for more than a quarter, and Clay Thompson goes down in Game Six. It's conceivable that that Sixers team was the second best team in the playoffs that year because of the way that the thing shook out. And it's conceivable that Jimmy Butler or Joel Embiid or whoever could be holding up a finals MVP trophy before Dark River shows up. And instead, he's going to sit here and tell you about how until he got there, there were no expectations. Bogus. Bogus. That team had all the expectations in the world, and you showed up there and continue to get bounced in the second round. Now, believe it or not, in the post-game press conferences of all of these things, uh, they don't just talk to the losers like the Philadelphia 76ers. They also talk to the Miami Heat, who won that series. And I think it's really, really funny and worth pointing out that they had some great moments in that, such as when Brady Hawk, a great reporter for Five Reasons Sports, asked Coach Spo a question that got very into the nitty-gritty of the weeds on the X's nose. Spo responded by just pointing at him because he was not going to give up the answer as to what they were doing from an X's nose standpoint similarly pj tucker got asked a question i actually forgot the question now because the answer is so burned in my head where he's like am i supposed to just tell you what the strategy is i'm supposed to just tell you exactly what we did so everyone can hear this and go back to the drum board and figure it out like pj tucker refusing the question made the reporter seem kind of like a fool for asking too specific of a question the miami heat having great culture and things are locked up tight and i know that thing feels somewhat cliche if you follow the heat and twitter and all that kind of stuff but it clearly is 
showing through and the way it showed up in comedic ways in the press conferences were really really funny but i have to say that when pj tucker himself was like you think i'm just gonna tell you that i'm not just gonna i'm not gonna tell you our strategy was really really funny because the writer's sitting there trying to write it down it's like hey writer pay attention to what the strategy was just just watch the game see what happens but he wants pj tucker to say it instead and that's it's just not gonna happen i don't think it's gonna happen at anyone but i especially don't think it's gonna happen at pj tucker the dog you remember that quote, the dog? Yeah, no, I think I lost. The dog from the, the NBA Finals, the championship parade last year? No, the dog. Anyway, here's the P.J. Tucker parading on the time to tell more about dogs. In transitioning to the other conference, looking at the Western Conference playoffs, we're going to give a big attention to the Chase Center for, frankly, a poor performance throughout. Uh, that's the Chase Center being the fans and stuff. The poor performance throughout the Western Conference playoff series between the Grizzlies and Warriors. They were doing things like jumping into the Warriors chance super early in the game. Uh, they weren't cheering offensive type stuff at the times that the Warriors were on offense or defensive type stuff when the Warriors were on defense. They were really, really loud in the first quarter and really, really quiet in the second, third, fourth. And, you know, at the end of the day, what made the Warriors run so much fun when they were good early was that Oracle was a dominant place to play. It was a real home court advantage. Ask Baron Davis about oracle arena like the roracle itself was a real place to play and chase center frankly is like the gentrification of that they moved across the bay to san francisco where all these yuppie duppies and the tech bros hang out and it's no longer got that air of perhaps illegal i guess it's legal in california substances across the top it just isn't quite the same thing it's not quite the same vibe they got offices and suites like owner suites you can sit in and stuff like that where you're not even watching the game live you're watching it on a television there's nowhere you can like there are all kinds of suites for wealthy business people that don't look at the floor that's the kind of place this is now and man i'm not saying that you don't have to have the wealthy people there that's part of what builds the building it makes it nice and i get all that but it feels like they lost that thing that made them Fun. And I understand that, that part of that is moving from Oakland to San Francisco, and poor Oakland's losing all their teams all the time, and it looks like the A's may move at some point soon too, but dang it, that's just not quite the same. Chase Center is not Oracle, and Oracle is something special, and that seems like a shame because the Warriors may very well be back thanks to Jordan Poole and the youth that he brought to rejuvenate that team. And dang it, if that's not going to be nearly as much fun if the Chase Center is the place that it's happening in because it's just not the same. You know what is the same, though, is Draymond Green. Gold star Draymond Green this week for calling Kendrick Perkins an ogre, but on a more serious note, it's for calling out Kendrick Perkins for things he is saying about guys. Like, you don't just get to speak on these guys without them having any sort of chance to defend themselves. Draymond Green is out here arguing on behalf of the players in that sense. And I have to say, I really, really like what Draymond's doing. It's a lot of fun. And, frankly, calling Kendrick Perkins an ogre is great. It upset Kendrick Perkins so much he took the time to respond with he and ugly or he cute or I don't know, something something about Draymond Green and his physical appearance, which makes you know that Draymond Green won because the only response Kendrick Perkins had was to come back with the exact same you're ugly bit that Draymond Green said. If all you're doing is repeating some version of the same insult, you've lost, Kendrick. And so Draymond Green came back and decided to argue that Kendrick is not an analyst and not analyzing the game he's just firing off these hot takes he points out that you know Kendrick Perkins acts like anyone can do the thing Draymond does and anyone can do this anyone do that and Draymond's like no that's not true not everyone can do what I can do and frankly he then calls out Kendrick Perkins not quite by name and says I'd love to see you try and do it and then he goes on and on he's like I played against the guy 
his name is Kendrick Perkins. So I could get it takes a beat before letting it on. It's really, really funny. And I have to say that truthfully, it's time that these players start taking that back because the game that they're playing is so much different than the guys, even Kendrick Perkins' age, played in the early 2000s. Or I guess Kendrick Perkins was on the 2012 Thunder Championship run or you know title run or that fell a little short. But the guys that played that type of game are not the same guys that play this type of game. Draymond Green is doing things now that power forwards from Kendrick Perkins' era could not, by and large, do. And that, that's the big difference here. But what you're seeing is these guys take it back. And the interesting thing about Draymond taking it back is he is sometimes one of these analysts, right? He does spend time with Turner Sports and is carving his way out into that lane as well when he's done playing. He's already got that kind of stuff somewhat set up, it looks like. And so he is not just taking a shot at a former colleague from the NBA sense, He's taking a shot at a future colleague in the analyst sense, and that's an interesting storyline to watch build. And again, Perk fell. Perk crumbled, had no real comeback for it. So shouts to Jamon Green, gold star on that one. Detention to the sneakers app. I didn't get the 7210s. I didn't get a number of things in the week before. Hadn't got a pair of dunks like ever. Detention to the sneakers app. All right, moving too fast here because I did forget one big detention from the Grizzlies-Warriors series. The detention goes to Steph Curry, not because I'm like, oh, Parker hates Steph Curry. That's not really true. I do know that people think I hate Steph Curry so much that several Warriors fan accounts have blocked me on Twitter, the first of which was Warriors World, and I think you're all just following that trend, but I digress. This detention goes to Steph Curry because when Desmond Bain was going for rebound, Curry flops across like he just got, like, drop kicked out of a cannon shot across into the stands on the basket and i have to say that i'm gonna do this a lot with these kind of things but also i really 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 feel like steph curry does not need to do that in that situation had he just stood firm he probably gets the over the back call because he's steph curry anyway and also desmond bain like that's a big crucial point in the game and frankly if you're steph curry and you need that to beat desmond bain and the john morantless grizzlies then maybe you don't deserve to win that night, parts. And detention for the big flop, it really did swing the game a little bit. And it was just so catastrophically bad. There was no no inkling of anything that led to that contact. And I guess I could give detention for the refs for falling forward or whatever, but detention there. Big gold star thinks this one's fairly obvious to Grant Williams for seven three-pointers made in Game 7 to win over the Milwaukee Bucks. Shout out to the Boston Celtics for that. 27 points in the playoff career high, but seven three-pointers made puts him in a class with like Steph Curry when you're talking about most three-pointers made in a game seven. The Celtics do advance to Eastern Conference Finals. See how that goes against the Miami Heat. I like the Heat a lot, but I digress. Gave give Grant Williams his moment for now. Funny thing on Grant Williams is actually back in the day uh, while I was doing a show with Shaka Cummings and Shaka and I were going back and forth and he was talking about Robert Williams and I was talking about Grant Williams and I swear for a long time, I think we both thought the other person was talking about the same person we were talking about and they're very dramatically different players. It's hard to look at what the Celtics did on Sunday and if they'd actually been able to do it, not just to win in a route, but to win it all without the contributions of Grant Williams. We look at the way they played, and frankly, they needed the scoring early to kind of separate themselves and create space that led to things like Jalen Brown getting the cup, that led to things like Jason Tatum attacking the cup because they had to now go out and respect and cover Grant Williams from three in a way that frankly froze Brooke Lopez a number of times. And it was really, really fun to watch Brooke Lopez get stuck in no man's land over and over and over again. Shouts to the Celtics, shouts to Grant Williams, big, big gold star for that one. 
Gonna give a big gold star to Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks because they had what might be the most one-sided game seven I've ever seen in my life on Sunday night when they obliterated the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns Twitter, it's worth saying, is also in shambles. It's crazy to see that happen to a fan base that was so, so confident after two games in the series, but I digress. Luka Doncic really did everything basically since those first two games when he and Devin Booker started going at it in games three and four. But I think what stuck out about this one is every time Luka Doncic did anything, he laughed. He would hit a spin, turn around, spin, fade away in the lane and laugh. He did a step back three and laugh. He'd drive and kick the Brunton, who would drive and kick the Kleba, who would drive and kick to someone to Spencer Dinwood, who had a great game as well. He could get his own gold star. And then Luka would kind of laugh. The game was the most serious version of any game Lucas played in the NBA. And at, for some reason, it was all fun and games to him. And I think that's this really scary level of confidence he's got that I think the NBA needs to make sure they take notice of is in the face of Game 7 on the road, team with the best record in the regular season in the NBA, he's sitting there laughing his way to 35 points on 19 shots after really just playing three quarters of a basketball game at one point in the early early stage of the third quarter he'd actually outscored the suns because at halftime they both had 27 points they both being he luca and they the suns had 27 points and he scored the first basket of the half he actually was beating them on his own at one point and i have to say that that's a gold star worthy performance if i've ever seen one tons of fun things to see about luca Doncic. i constantly go back to when he's driving the basketball so much of what he does reminds me of mvp level james harden because he changes speeds without ever actually going very fast he's very crafty uses his size big shoulders and so on the thing i think and i'll admit this full-heartedly that he does that i wish james had done and that he does better because james never did is he puts his back on guys he when he makes those crafty moves and you beat him to a spot he doesn't play for the foul. He does play for the foul, but he plays for the foul by putting his back to you and doing some of the Dirk stuff, some of the Akeem stuff, some of all the different stuff down the low block that Harden did not do. I think Harden was built for it. He wasn't quite as tall. You know, Doncic is closer to 6'8", and Harden's closer to 6'5". I think that's an important difference as well. But Harden would just flail through the arms and hope for the call, whereas when Doncic puts his back on you, he still plays for the call and tries to go through your arms, but it's a much sturdier spot to do it, and so he's more likely to make the shot if he doesn't get the call, and I think that's an interesting move there. Shout out to Luka Doncic for the gold star, and frankly, for a great performance. A performance for the ages across the series, but certainly in Game 7. And on that note, we're going to give a detention last decision of the week to the Phoenix Suns. I give this to Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, or Devin Booker, or whatever, and it looks like a number of things, but after your social media team is going to plug how hard you work out post-game, and after you're going to snicker at the idea of you can just target Luka Doncic when he's defending whoever has the ball after a game, I forget that's one or two, and Chris Paul and Devin Booker have to kind of smile and chuckle after, I think it was game two. Uh, if you do those kinds of things, you can't just not show up to game seven and i say not show up because they were doing things like missing point blank layups and runners this is not like a team that just had a bad shooting night from three like my houston rockets when my houston rockets missed 27 straight threes they lost by nine this was closer to losing by 90 than by nine and i have to say that while i don't think that's mathematically accurate this game never felt close whereas even in the 27 straight missed three pointers game i'm gonna dog my rockets a little bit the game was close. It was a nine-point game, and it was, frankly, the Rockets were winning at various points of that game, and this was never 
that kind of close. This game never, ever, ever had any kind of doubt. If anything, you had Suns fans talking themselves into, well, I guess we're down 25 in the second quarter, so we got a lot of time to try and make this comeback. I'm like, it, There was no way it ever felt like it was going to be close. And that's truly remarkable from a team that, again, won the most games in the NBA in the regular season. Like, how? How? How is that what happens here? You had negligible efforts from Chris Paul. Again, missed a handful of layups and runners, but also he only took eight shots. Booker himself only took 14 shots. Aiton only took five shots. That's your big three. You've got to have those guys trying to be aggressive, even if they're not trying to score. The same criticism I had much earlier on this detention Gold Star segment with James Harden. If you're going to not shoot the ball well, you need to at least have the confidence and aggression to continue to push for it. Because, frankly, you you didn't have a chance anyway, right? Like, you had no chance if the guy getting the most shots up on your team was Mikhail Bridges. I love Mikhail Bridges, but if he's going to get the most shots up on your team, you are not going to have a chance. Now, the other part of this that's interesting is in watching things fall apart, right? Chris Paul is 37 years old. How many chances does he really have to do this, right? How many more times does a 37-year-old Chris Paul have to really make a deep run on a good team as a starting point guard? He's got two more years left on his contract with the Suns, so he'd be finishing up that contract at 39. Is he going to get to do both of those with the Suns? I assume so. I assume so. We'll see. Um, You know, he pairs well with Devin Booker, and I like a lot of things about that team. And frankly, if you manage his usage throughout the year correctly, you might not have him gassed out so early right now. And it's worth pointing out, like, they played a deeper run than normal last postseason that went later in the year than normally does it's not quite the same offseason they start this season up and they went full steam ahead and and i get all of that but also he's 37 and at 39 when he finishes up with this contract is someone gonna sign him at 40 is that are you gonna sign a 40 year old point guard that's six feet tall and frankly for a lot of his career early on, was never like in great shape. I know the veganism thing, he got in great shape when he left Houston, he went to Oklahoma City, and never ate meat again, and da-da-da. But since then, he he's still going to be 40 years old. I, I just don't know where that happens. The other thing that's interesting here, and this is, this is happening as a recording, so I'm not sure what the follow will be by the time you're hearing this, but when asked why DeAndre Ayton only played 17 minutes, Monty Williams very quickly and abruptly said, it's internal. Now, there's been questions about, is DeAndre Ayton the kind of guy that smiles too much? He's the kind of guy that isn't serious enough about basketball. He's the kind of guy that's always come easy to, so he didn't care that much about it, and so on and so forth, so much. But they were getting their butts kicked in those 17 minutes. And how realistic is it that very early on, when he's getting his butt kicked after 17 minutes, that he and Monty had something, some sort of a scuffle, some sort of argument? So what does that lead to for DeAndre Ayton? Because he only has the one year left on his contract, right? He only has one year left before he hits restricted free agency. I guess, I'm sorry, I should say he's hitting restricted free agency this year. And the qualifying offer said like $16 million or something. And so, theoretically, if the Suns can match $16 million or will have $16 million, he has to go find someone pay him more than that. But a 24-year-old member of the NBA Finals experience, I, I think people will sign up for that. I think the team in Dallas that just kicked your tail would sign up for that. I digress. I do think, however, that a team like that with international experience that loves the international game and him being from the Bahamas, and so I think that that's worth looking at. But as you look at DeAndre Ayton, I think it's worth pointing out that if he's got some deal going Monty and the franchise is torn, 
Monty and Book seem to be pretty good shape together, so I think they're going to go with Book and Monty, or at least Book for sure, and if Monty's his guy, that means Aiden's... All of a sudden, this team disintegrates. These things happen fast, and I don't just say that because my Houston Rockets thing happened fast. The disintegration of teams happens fast. The Warriors are good again, but look at their roster now, and look at their roster in the 2019 Finals. There's like three guys that are the same. Now, four guys are the same, I should say. And yes, those four guys are very important. Three of them are surefire Hall of Famers. I get that. But the rest of the roster is different. And the rosters turn over the NBA so, so fast, right? Look at the Milwaukee Bucks that won the title in 2021. Shoot, look at the Milwaukee Bucks this year. Their starting lineup's different. Look at the Milwaukee Bucks in 2021. Look at the Milwaukee Bucks in 2019, the year we just saw about when we looked back at Joel Embiid and the Kawhi Leonard shot and all that kind of stuff. Like, lineups and rosters change at light speed in the modern NBA. And to think that the Suns team is going to ride this out with two guys in the mid-20s is not a guarantee. That's just not how these things work. And I have to say that especially the Chris Paul thing and breaking up and so on and so forth, like, if you're going to put all your chips in on Devin Booker, that's great. I think he's a guy worth doing it for. However, you got to make sure that you actually push all the chips in on Devin Booker and do this by pe- picking up people around him that fit that and i think you've got that and i don't know how this is going to go with that uh anyway potentially way around for what looks like the suns at least falling apart for a game and kind of hopefully just a game our last gold star is going to go to amin el hassan who's an nba commentator he does things on nba radio he does things with metal Arc media he has a really fun podcast called basketball illuminati but this gold star is going to go to the patino game and if you don't know what i'm talking about look up Hashtag Patino Game on Twitter. That's all you're getting. Gold Star Amin Hassan for the fun, fun Patino Game. Okay, Parker. So the thesis statement for this commercial is James Harden has the best beard in sports. What do you think about that thesis statement? Oh, I give it an A. You know, as a Houston guy, we, we seem to have an affinity for our beards between guys like him, Dallas Keiko, lots of big beards in the Houston area. What do you think about the thesis? So I'm a Jets fan, and I absolutely love the beard that Ryan Fitzpatrick has. So maybe I would give Ryan Fitzpatrick the nod over James Harden. But you're talking to a couple of bearded teachers, and we know a thing or two about making sure that you maintain that mane. So check out the beard struggle. The beard struggle, they make oils, they make balms, they even have have this heated comb to make sure that you get your beard straight so that you're looking fresh. I know I've really enjoyed using the oil they make for my quarantine beard of sorts. It's nice and long these days, but it helps <laughs> keep it nice and healthy and hydrated. And if you're listening to our show, you can use FN Sports 15 and get 15% off your oils, your balms, your shampoos, conditioners, whatever you need to use to keep your beard looking healthy. Absolutely. Check out The Beard Struggle at thebeardstruggle.com. Whether you're just starting to grow or you have a luscious mane already, The Beard Struggle's got all the products that you need. The Beard Struggle. Feast your face. Friends, that was another edition of FN Sports. Do you feel like you've got some venting out about the various detentions? Or do you feel like you are all heartwarmed after learning about some gold stars? Or do you feel like I'm a crazy person for listing off whatever that was? Is that, oh, how many was that? Uh, no. 
I don't think I broke Shaka's record. Let's go back and check with Shaka. But that was a lot of Gold Stars attention. Thank you for checking them out. If you want to see me kind of give these things out throughout the week or talk about them, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Painsworth512. That's at P-A-I-N-S-W-O-R-T-H-512 on Twitter and Instagram. This show was also on Instagram and Twitter at F underscore N underscore sports on Instagram. That's at F underscore N underscore sports. And on Twitter, we're at FN Sports 2. That's F I N S P R T S number 2. All one word on Twitter. In both of the social media handles, you'll be able to go to the link tree in the bio. And from the link tree in the bio, you'll get to our various sponsors, things like my bookie things like our latest sponsor in the clutch t-shirts you use code fis get 10 percent off your order there my bookie you use code fn sports w pause up to thousand us dollars we also have a deal with the beard struggle and yeti so make sure you go check those out also on that link tree you'll be able to find our merch store you can find different t-shirts and hoodies and mugs and everything that we sell every month for various charities the may charity we've chosen for als awareness month is the als association so have a lou gehrig themed t-shirt and hoodie for lou gehrig's disease obviously to go through and grab all proceeds go to the als association which will grab a t-shirt or hoodie and help us support a great cause there if you're looking for ways to support the show for free, you can download, rate, subscribe, review, do all the wonderful things to do to help out the podcast. You can do it on a couple different channels. It'd be great. And please be sure that whatever you do, when it comes to sports, you don't flunk with us. Later, guys. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.